G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our special guest today has written a new book about trauma. Now you might think that it's meant for people who are suffering PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or for those who might be so, so traumatized that they're on the brink of suicide. But It's also written for those who have given up hope or those who've been crushed by their experiences. And that broadens the whole definition, doesn't it, of what we might talk about when we discuss the issue of trauma. People who've been raised in dysfunctional families, including people who've been struggling with addictions or abuse or domestic violence. Vivian Wilson has lived a very full life in her service of others and service for God, and she has seen things that probably no one should have to see, but she's been courageous enough to be there and be a helping hand in some dreadful environments around the world. Working as a preventative healthcare nurse in Aboriginal communities led to eight years with World Vision in developing countries. Vivian served in Ethiopia, where she saw mass starvation. Mozambique, where she saw starving families and child soldiers propping up the army. She worked with unaccompanied children after the Rwandan genocide. She worked as a health educator in the Liberian Civil War. And in Central Australia, Vivian worked with Aboriginal people through that phase, that dreadful phase you'll remember from some years back, petrol sniffing. And she's helped families being decimated by domestic violence. Well, it's our absolute privilege to be able to welcome Vivian Wilson back to 2020 today. Vivian, a special welcome along. Wonderful to have you sitting with me in the studio. Thank you, Neil. I might just say, this is your third book that you've written, and over the years, we have had opportunity to talk after your first book and your second book, so uh, we're keeping the flow going here and the the discussion after your third book. And this one's all about trauma, and you've got some tremendous insights into the sorts of circumstances that cause us to react and behave differently and so much less than functioning on all cylinders. In fact, you had your own experience of suffering post-traumatic stress disorder and you didn't even know that you had it. Now, this is interesting. Take us into your story recognising that. Yes, I suppose I didn't realise I had it. Uh, I'd actually worked in Rwanda just after the genocide and I witnessed three to 4,000, sadly, bodies that had been um, killed uh, through the massacre And so that was sort of horrific, but I continued doing my work. I actually loved what I was doing, and uh, I thought I was okay. Everybody else was getting trauma counselling. We had that for our children. We had 200 kids that we were helping with trauma counselling, and I was sitting through all the lessons that they were doing, and so I thought I was okay. Uh, It wasn't until I actually went to Liberia um, in 1999 that uh, five years later that suddenly – 
the guns went off and it was a false alarm actually, but I went into hysteria like a panic attack and I just couldn't, you know, I just all I could think about was the images of what I'd seen in Rwanda. And so it was kind of like uh, I didn't trust anybody. I didn't believe that we, I could get out of this. And it was actually a false alarm. It was just the peacekeeping forces uh, trying to tell the Liberian army that um, not to cross the border or something or other, but it caused me to react. And I was out of control. And um, so what actually happened, it was a local Liberian pastor that came to me and said, Vivian, you've just got to snap out of this. We have to live with this every day of our lives. And I suddenly realized, hey, you're right, you know. And so I was doing a, a workshop at the time with uh, traditional birth attendants in the village. And so I took some deep breaths and prayer and I went back and I finished the workshop and, and went home. But I knew that then I had uh, lost the plot. And so when I did come back to Australia, I then realized I had to get some healing. So I went to, I believe it was a psychologist through the Salvation Army, actually, who um, agreed that I had post-traumatic stress. Well, we might talk about more as to how you overcome that. But mm. uh, just as you're sharing your story there and mm. uh, those guns that were going off, it mm. just, uh, you know, sparks that idea of old diggers who've returned from war mm -hmm. and uh, this expression of being shell-shocked. Yes. And uh, so when something happens, whether it's a loud noise or a helicopter going over uh, or uh, just some sort of noise that triggers yes. an event that causes you to be behave in a way that you never ordinarily would. And that's the sort of way that PTSD or the sort of trauma that we experience actually comes to its surface. Yes, that's correct. Even watching the news on television when I first got back would trigger me a little bit. I'd sort of, oh, I can't watch that, you know, because it was just uh, too traumatic. It would trigger things that uh, of the past. Okay, let's go back to what really inspires the heart of a young woman to pursue the things that you have done through your whole life. And as I mentioned, some of those things in the introduction, people will be so amazed uh, that you have spent your life mm. in service for God, in mm. service for others. And I want to take you back to something that you share in your book. And uh, this is an experience that you had with your own father mm -hmm. as a young woman and uh, he'd fallen down and there he was in the gutter and mm -hmm. someone had called the ambulance and something was happening in you at the time. No doubt you were very concerned, mm -hmm. but this is something that starts to shape the inspiration for a young woman. Take us back to that really quite personal story. Yes, uh, as a child I grew up, my dad I loved but, and he loved me, but he had an issue with what they call war neurosis back then, which is actually PTSD, I believe. Leave, and they didn't know how to handle it. He'd go in and out of Green Slopes Hospital to get some sort of help, but it didn't help. And so um, only for a short while. And so what happened? He turned to drink. And so we grew up in a dysfunctional family where Dad sadly did drink uh, to uh, drown out his uh, horrors or whatever was going on in his head. And so, yes, it was actually when I was a registered nurse, I was visiting my sister and my father and uh, at that time he was up the club and he fell in the gutter and we got a call to go and see him and as a nurse I think I was sort of thought wow this is pretty sad and so I think that's it I had a deep empathy for those who were down and out because I realized that it was the war that really made him the way he was and he'd never had the proper counseling that he needed. 
And so when we talk about uh, alcohol and alcoholism, mm. and, uh, you know, I love the way you framed that. There's reasons why uh, your dad turned to drink, and uh, we're very quick often to condemn uh, those who've, you know, been addicted to alcohol, they're mm. alcoholics, and, and this idea of, you know, the alcoholic in the gutter. I mean, sometimes we're so quick to judge, mm-hmm. but what happened in your circumstances that you recognise that your compassion for your dad at that time mm. would be a compassion that could overflow to others. Mm-hmm. That's correct, yes. And so it's just interesting that my life's work always seemed to be out reaching out to people who were in dysfunction or having troubles in life. And you were travelling the world yep. then and with the likes of World Vision mm-hmm. and there's a number of other uh, organisations. Uh, yes, Give us an, an insight into uh, you know how these organisations they needed your help and you were available and you were able to be uh, you know deployed into some of these settings. Yes, well, World Vision was for eight years and it was mainly in Africa, but I did do a stint uh, for two and a half years in Central Australia as well with World Vision. But um, also YWAM, Youth with a Mission, I was there for three years, so they were the two main organisations where I did a lot of that and Teen Challenge as well. Uh, working with also young fellas in substance abuse. so. And we'll talk some more about Teen Challenge because uh, you were part of setting up a Teen Challenge uh, central headquarters in the Northern Territory. We'll come to that very shortly. Uh, but this compassion that you have for people, you're on the ground serving. And when we're talking about things like trauma, some people will say, oh, she must be some sort of specially qualified psychologist uh, to be able to talk deeply into some of these things. And of course, you're telling your story. You're not a psychologist, but uh, we mentioned that you were a trained nurse. Uh, what uh, for people who say, uh, you know, how do how do I trust the things you're writing about Vivian how do you describe the experience that you've had and you've been able to now put on paper yes I think I would never ever say that I've uh, qualified like a psychologist but I have actually been blessed really that I've been trained by uh, the world's top uh, trauma counsellors in Rwanda so that was pretty helpful Um, but I still feel that it's life's experiences that actually have helped me to look back reflect and see how did I pull myself up? How did I get through all this? And that's it. And, and reaching out to others is really such a healing uh, thing. If you sort of swallow in your self-pity, it actually makes it worse. But to rise up above the circumstances and say, okay, how can I use that for a better purpose? And I think that's what I've done time and time again. So that's just life experience that's helped me to do that. When we find ourselves in a particular context, and perhaps it's a domestic violence case, mm-hmm. or uh, there's a family member, or we ourselves have been caught up in, say, some level of drug abuse, mm-hmm. is there something that is comparative that you can bring into uh, someone's context that says, well, you're facing this, and you might be wallowing in your own pitiful, sorrowful mm-hmm. state, but let me tell you about some of the things I've mm. seen. I mean, yeah. when we hear about your story, uh, some of the things that we might suffer that we might think are pretty bad here, mm. uh, they don't even, they're not even comparison to some of the things that you've seen. Yes, I do believe that sharing your story is one way of helping. Like, for instance, when I was working in an area in Alice Springs for uh, domestic violence, there was a guard there and he'd been in the peacekeeping forces in uh, Rwanda. And he had a story that he had never been able to share with anyone. 
And so on night duty, because I work night duty, we would sit there and chitty chat. And um, he he felt that he at last could share with somebody uh, deep, deep, deep hurt. And he was on the brink of suicide. Actually, a lot of his mates had already had suicided uh, because of what he saw in Rwanda at that time. I was after the genocide, straight after, but he was actually during it. And um, the fact that I was able to share with him, and he actually I gave him a copy of the first book, and he just said, you've helped me from killing myself. And um, I realised that um, that's one of the things that we can do for whatever situation. And if you're going through domestic violence, if, you know, you can say, well, you know, I've you can sort of share a little bit about what happened with you and how you pulled yourself through. But I think the most important thing, though, is to make sure you listen to them because they have to share their story. And if you just jump in too much too quick, that's not going to help either. You have to listen to them and allow them to get to that depth of such pain to, to, to release. It's like popping a boil. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, well, I don't know who might ring today, but I do want to open our talkback lines for listeners to interact with Vivian, and you might feel as though you are dealing with a hurt in your own circumstances, and you might like to uh, get Vivian's insight. You might even be one who is suffering, as Vivian says, deep, deep, deep hurt. Now, that's an interesting way. I love the way that you express that because there are different levels of hurt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel like our hurt is deep and uh, then we hear someone else's hurt and we go, well, that's deep, deep hurt. But you mentioned if you're suffering deep, deep, deep hurt. And I think that's just a simple way of saying that you've got some hurts that you feel like are beyond you mm. to resolve, mm-hmm. well, then maybe listeners today who'd like to call in and talk about your own hurt and really in this instance talking about how that might respond to the idea of talking about PTSD and even some insight from Vivian as to how those things might be resolved. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Vivian Wilson is our guest. Her new book is called Overcoming Trauma, and she tells her story in that book. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Leave a note, too, on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Let's take a call early in our conversation here. Uh, Let's hear from Debbie in Pittsworth in Queensland. Hello, Debbie. Welcome along. Hi, how are you today? Really well, Debbie. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? Um, just everything that's been done and said. God bless everything that the lady has been through, but I've never understood it till now what trauma is about, and it's through marriages, something that happened in a marriage. Uh, there was betrayal of trust and things like that, and I never understood it till now. There's a lot of things like anxiety, um, things like that has actually come in that I've never been through before. Now I understand it a lot better. Debbie, you're really identifying with a connection I think we're making today between those big issues of trauma and what even happens in our own personal experience. Vivian, what are your thoughts for Debbie? Yes, Debbie, I agree with you um, that your marriage or the things that you've gone through uh, have been a really hard journey for you. And I'm so pleased that you've been able to identify and uh, that there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Um, and that I think my faith was what pulled me through a lot uh, as well. Uh, but 
it's you can just uh, quote Bible verses, but it, you've got to live it. And I think that's um, what I had to learn to do was not just um, say this stuff or say it to other people. It's to actually be able to say that there, you know, is a way and that Jesus can help you through whatever you're going through. But I'm so pleased that, uh, like I said, with my da- own dad, I uh, suddenly realised that why he was like he was. It gave me sort of like looking in their shoes at what was going on, and so it, it helped me. And I hope whatever you're going through that you'd be able to do that too, to to um, see the both sides to the story and, and help you through whatever you're going through. My husband, more. Uh, Debbie, just say that again. I just had you... Debbie, say that again. I'm understanding what she was saying about that, understanding the other person, that no matter what they have done, what they are actually going through. It's not just about what we've experienced through them. It's about what they're actually experiencing. And for them to get to the point where they realise that there are issues, sometimes it's in their past. That's right. It's actually come to a point, and God will do that. He will reveal it. Yeah, that's... And he has got a very important um, calling for both me and my husband. I do know that. I feel that in my heart. Debbie, when you have someone to talk to, that's an important element. And sometimes, and I know there'll be some listeners thinking, my marriage is in real trouble and uh, my husband or my wife, they won't even go to a counsellor and, and have a listening ear so we can open up and share these things. If we're talking about this idea of trauma here, Vivian, uh, and in a marriage situation, I imagine it's the ideal to seek someone out who can be that trustworthy listening ear. Yeah, I believe it's very important to go to marriage counselling when uh, it's rocky like that. Of course, if one partner's not want, willing to do it. I, I just recently watched the movie Fireproof and um, that, that to me, I don't know if you've seen it, but I thought it was really uh, quite good. It's a story uh, about a marriage that was on the rocks and then there's a, a book that goes with it, Love Dare. And I thought, wow, that that's really good for people going through a rocky marriage or a war room. I mean, so there's some great resources out there, but certainly uh, marriage counselling is probably where you can talk one-on-one and really hear what that other person's saying specifically is also really the part of the healing process. Debbie from Pittsworth in Queensland, thank you so much for your call today. I should just say that Fireproof Movie is available in the Vision Store, and I'm not sure, but I think we probably have that book that you're talking about going along with that too. Let's take another call. Elsa is in Broken Hill in New South Wales. Hello, Elsa. Welcome along. Oh, hello. I just wanted to tell you um, what's happened over the last fortnight to me. I've been nursing in the area for many years, up and down the darling sort of thing. And um, the first week I was in Broken Hill, as I go for lunch with these ladies every every Wednesday, and this young lady said, hello, Elsa. And I thought, oh, who's this one? And she said, believe it or not, Look, I just want to thank you so much, you and all your colleagues at the centre, for helping me when I was in that domestic domestic state and to let you know that I've fully recovered, I've gone on with my life and I've done several courses and life's really exciting. And she just looked brilliant. She was just beaming. And I thought, well, isn't this lovely? We can thank as nurses for a lot of things, but very rarely do people with domestic violence come back to fingers. So the next week, different week, same cafe, went in, sat down, and this young girl came up 
and kissed me and kissed me. And I said, hello. She said, you remember me? And I said, yes, I do, but it's a long time since I've seen you. Another case of thanking May and the centre for the help with domestic violence. And I was really overcome with this. I thought, oh, they really, that is just fabulous. Elsa, you're sharing some wonderful things here. And I think when you're talking about nursing... Uh, sometimes the nurse is perhaps the most compassionate person that someone's going to meet. And you could recommend going to all sorts of counsellors left, right and centre, but that compassion that comes from the heart of a nurse, uh, even into situations like that, very, very powerful. Uh, your thoughts, Vivian, for Elsa in Broken Hill? Yes, I believe nursing is a, an open door to speaking to people's lives. They uh, know that they can trust you quite often, um, that nobody else uh, around them might be able to help them and they're willing to download to you. And I presume you must have been, Elsa, a, a person who's a good listener and you showed that compassion and that love. And because you did that, the, that uh, this is why um, you got all those wonderful reactions. It's, it's beautiful to see. So. Uh, blessings to you for that. Elsa, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation today. Let's take another one. Mel is on the line in Brisbane. Hello, Mel. Welcome. Uh, yes, good morning. Um, lots of great points there. And um, I just want to share a couple of resources um, for the listeners. I'm someone who has been long advocating for uh change around resources around domestic violence. Domestic violence is not just um, in a marriage situation but can also happen um, between uh, parents and children and um, and really the community needs to be educated about this and church communities still need education about it. One of the fabulous resources um, um, I, I've been using and, and others have been using um, in this area has been a generational prayer because uh, there, there are sometimes bad practices that have come from um, previous generations uh, that we're unaware of that um, are affecting people's um, relationships. Um, the other resource is that there is a uh, Christian counselling association and these are qualified counsellors and psychologists and the advantage of going through an accredited Christian counsellor is that you get the um, advantage of the um, the Christian faith through that, as well as the um, the, the technical aspects of um, social work or psychology as well. Um, and I would um, not underestimate the um, importance of continual prayer um, for family units and, and communities. And when when people have the courage to um, share their experiences that um, all of us need to be trained to be non-judgmental and to um, encourage them to seek specialist help um, from counsellors who are trained in domestic violence. It's Mel, a very specialised area. There's some wonderful resources that you've pointed to there. I love the idea of this generational prayer and uh, these other resources that you're uh, drawing attention to. Uh, response from Vivian? Yes, I believe that that's actually one of the things I did do was um, I went for prayer council and uh, I certainly did pray into the generational issues and I believe I've had a lot of healing in that area. So it's a really important thing. Prayer is really, um, you can't get anywhere without it. 
And you mentioned also regarding Christian counselling and how wonderful it is. And I do believe in that too because that's the person I went to was the Salvation Army um, psychologist here in Brisbane at Mount Cravat. I don't know if he's still there, but he was absolutely amazing. He was a South African, so he understood about uh, Africa because that's where I'd been. And also he... um, I understood that about my post-traumatic stress and because he'd worked with uh, Vietnam War vets. So it was absolutely wonderful that I had a professional as well as somebody, and, and we prayed before the session and after. And you mentioned about DV training. I think it is important to go through um, somebody who's got some background. Fortunately for me, I've had 14 years that I worked in that area. I'm not a, a DV counsellor, but I, as a caseworker, um, you're the first uh, person that they talk to. And so I was able to assess them and use the cycle of violence and be able to help them. But I do agree, we do need professional help. And I'm not saying it's just prayer, but it's everything, uh, uh, as you said as well. Vivian, before we develop our conversation further, let's take another call. Uh, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join our conversation, let's hear from Jonathan in Perth. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yes, uh when I was listening to Vivian, I I really learned something that because I came from Liberia and I went to Guinea from Ivory Coast to Guinea and I came I was in Kutaya camp where they had Madina, Pericola and Kutaya. I was a chairperson for the Christian organizations that were there. And what he said is that be patient to listen to the both parties. Because there are some people who have been hurt, been really in trauma, but nobody cared to listen to them. So I learned when we project that listen to both parties and explain their grievances, you analyze it. And see empathy with them. Jonathan. What they are going through, you put it in your own shoe. It is so good to hear from you today and to be able to identify your background in Liberia. And what an amazing insight you've made today, Jonathan, that when people don't feel listened to, that aggravates, uh, even compounds the trauma that they may have experienced. Vivian, when you hear reflection from someone like Jonathan, what are your thoughts for the things he's sharing? Yes, Jonathan. I yes, Jonathan. I believe that uh, what you're sharing is uh, so important. Um, I have uh, memories of Liberia, and uh, I know how sad it's been, and for many people. But uh, the fact that you've grasped, and and I think you're doing stuff involved with people uh, listening to their sides. And I know that when I was in Liberia, I had a wonderful opportunity to actually um, share with the local village in regards to the fact that um, they might see me as a white person and think back, you know, how they're really angry with what happened in their past because uh, America uh, dumped their slaves back in Liberia and there was a lot of fighting going on. I don't know if you've got family that was probably involved in all that and uh, very traumatising and uh, and so it was just wonderful to be able to share with those folk how I, I, I had empathy with them to understand that it was that, that why those wars are going on in Liberia uh, are due to unhealed trauma that uh, have never been dealt with. And uh, I know one of the agricultural people we were working with, he, he got the penny dropped with him too as well, and he said, we need to forgive each other. 
um, from tribe to tribe. And I think forgiveness is big, and I'm sure you've been involved in that too. Jonathan, just reflect on your own experience and your family, your your wider connections in Liberia. Is that the sort of thing that you're reflecting on as you call in today? Yes, this is what she explained me. Because of that civil war, breaking in, tribal war come in, ethnic group fighting one another, it affected even the marriages in our own. Even you are Christian, but because the domestic value or whatsoever going in the community, it affected some of us even. She said she never knew that she was going through. So it with me. When this crisis came from tribal war, running here and there, it had impact on my family life too also. Oh, Jonathan, mm. thank you so much for calling in today. Just wonderful getting your insights because it's that level of trauma that if we're comparing what goes on in Australia, I mean, perhaps most Australians have no idea about what happens in the PTSD, the trauma that goes on after warfare, uh, particularly between tribes or even between people who are in the same community that must be absolutely dreadful uh, vivian and quick final thought before we move on uh yeah no that's what you shared is good uh, i'm really um praying and believing jonathan that you'll be able to help others with what uh, uh you know has happened in your life as well just sharing that healing can occur through forgiveness Thank you, Jonathan. Let's talk about the degrees of trauma because uh, you were uh, interested in this whole thing and we've been talking about the comparisons that we might do. And, you know, if we're going through a domestic violence situation in our own home now or in our family, there's people in our families having uh, real challenges here. How do you describe these degrees of trauma, Vivian? Yes, I suppose I learned about that after working 14 years in the domestic violence area. And, uh, of course, one of the first ones is just stress and, you know, just changes can cause stress. And uh, so I'm just looking at myself. One of the stresses was we went from a paper files to paperless. And, you know, that was stressing me right out. <laughs> and I know that some of the women, they've come from their homes and they may be from a community and they come in. And that stress of actually being away from their extended family. And so, uh, you know, that's a thing that we've got to be aware of, that when people come in, they've got these stresses that they're carrying. And then looking at, uh, do you want me to keep going on sure. with the other yep. ones? Yep. Okay. And then, of course, there's burnout. And uh, from a worker's point of view, I think it's really important that you realize the signs of when you're getting burnout. And burnout is you're just so exhausted and you might cry at the drop of a hat. Uh, or you'll, uh, this also is, has something to do with compassion fatigue. You know, like what happens is you snap back at the clients. You don't mean to, but it's just that, you know, and an example was one particular lady said to me, um, oh, I want that milk. And I said, no, that milk's for the children. You've got to have the powdered milk because that's all we got at the moment. And I spoke in a rough way to her, she said to me, and I thought, wow, you know, she's right, you know. I spoke to her in a very, you know, it came across, she's going through her own trauma. She doesn't need someone barking back at her. And so that's compassion fatigue that comes along with that as well. And then, of course, vicarious trauma, which is you carrying whatever their story that tells you. And I think I realised that you've got to be very careful when you're sharing your story if you're not healed yet. Because what we would do at uh, handover, I would share a story and then I'd burst into tears. And I realised that probably 
I was traumatizing the staff by telling the story as well. So you've got to be really careful. That's where you need a team leader. If that's that bad, you need to share that quietly with the team leader and let her share the story later or tell them to read the notes and don't you speak the story out yet when you're still very hurt because that's um, vicarious trauma can also be, you know, every time traumatizing you again. We've already talked about PTSD as well. So. Mm. You know, we are exposed to all sorts of things and whether you're there and you're seeing those 4,000 bodies in Rwanda mm-hmm. and that's a personal story that um, probably still keeps you awake at night at different times. Uh, but you've got these sort of uh, trauma that happens and you're talking about trauma even in the telling of a story or the details and things that we're exposed to and even the counsellor is at risk of being traumatised by all of the stories that they are hearing. I mean, this gets bigger and wider all the way we go and and even my mind is going to what about the sort of things we're seeing on television, the news and uh, the movies that we're exposed to because the level of violence Violence and the level of challenging traumatic content in so much of the media we consume, that must be affecting us as well. How do you reflect on that sort of thing, Vivian? Yes, I do totally agree that today's society, we've become so open to see all this drama in, in, in front of us and um, particularly these violent movies. And I had heard when I was in Rwanda that one of the things that the um, uh, enemy used was they actually were showing uh, the local militia um, violent DVDs to condition them. And so uh, I think we've got to be very careful with our children today when it comes to um, the internet and all the violent stuff that they can see. They don't realise they're opening the door to such um, terrible things. And, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, we really do need as parents uh, to censor um, some of the things that our children are watching, not realising they're opening their door to this. And it was a strategy used, and I'm sure it's actually used in, um, more than just in Rwanda. I think a lot of people do use those violent videos, videos in, in wars. And when you've got the motivation that's coming from those who'd be showing their soldiers those mm. sorts of things to condition them for war, there's a different motivation there. I imagine that a exposure to some things is actually a building of resilience because when I sometimes reflect on uh, those, some of those stories we read in the Old Testament of the Bible, mm. uh, David and Goliath, is that a children's story? Well, it's actually a pretty violent adult story and has some really deep things to say. But there's a certain sense, isn't there, that as Christians, we're not uh, shy of appreciating violence, but we have a context too when we understand what God has revealed to us through his word about the violence that happens because of the nature of humanity. Uh, these sorts of things can condition us for what we're uh, about to get involved in when you're even in your role as you've gone and you've been the hands and feet of Jesus to some of these people. There's something that prepares us for that. Yeah, I think um, certainly you're right. There are stories in the Bible that sometimes even I don't understand, but I do know that when God's with you, and he's helping you through. He knows we live in a fallen world, and he knows that these sort of things happen. Um, but I think if you've got the right ha- heart attitude, uh, like, you know, sadly in Rwanda it was to kill the cockroaches, so they said. So those DVDs were shown to sort of put that other race down and um, make it so that uh, they wanted to kill. 
while I think in the Bible it, quite often the stories are to protect uh, the chosen people uh, from annihilation and things like that. So I think um, there's a difference in the attitude and, and in it. Let's take another call. Robin is on the line. Hi, Robin. Welcome. Yes, hi. Um, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed at the moment. Um, I, I was trying not to ring in because uh, this topic has got so many, many um, different ways you can go and whatever. I've, I've, um, I've always suspected that the chronic fatigue that I had um, for many, many years, and I still don't even know if I'm out of it, um, it all um, is involved from the depression from earlier life as well. And um, just just not only my own experience, but having been a psych nurse, I think one aspect that's um, not being discussed today is um, the devil. And, and uh, look, he's, he's looking for opportunities to invade people's lives. And once he gets hold, um, you know, because I know I've had, demonic problems myself and I'm so sick of hearing Christians say that Christians don't have demons that's so wrong but this is the, exactly the, the way the devil gets into people's lives through trauma and whatever and sometimes when there's even a lack of positive things that are being spoken to a person and so there's, there's so many people in Australia even suffering from such trauma and they don't even know where to go or who can help them and whatever. raising some uh, very significant points because as Christian believers we're not restricted to a little sort of flattened dimension that people are trying to force us into in a secularised way. We're in, we're living in different dimensions as well. We've got access to a spiritual dimension. We know there's a spiritual battle going on. As you hear what Robin is sharing, Vivian, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes, thank you for sharing that, Robin. Um, I n- wouldn't say that I know everything about chronic fatigue syndrome, but I, I do believe that uh, it's important to go for help. Um, but I also believe that you, as a Christian, can be oppressed by demonic forces. Um, I don't believe you're completely controlled because you've got the Holy Spirit within you, but I do believe that the spirit of fear can come into you. And um, I've had to battle with that when um, I feel that the enemy has tried to t- uh, knock me down. And so it's really important that uh, you do go for special prayer counselling when you need help if you feel that the spirit of fear or whatever it might be that's overcoming you uh, could be dealt with because it's really important to be released and be free because it says he's come to set the captives free. Perfect love cast that all fear and we've got to get to that stage and so we need help sometimes to get to that stage. Robin thank you so much for your call 1-800-316-316 or you could leave a note on our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Vivian while we're talking about Christians and traumatic experiences how do those traumatic experiences often affect people who have had a Christian faith, then all of a sudden they've been exposed to something and their faith can sometimes be shaken or it can be deepened? What's your experience with what happens in the life of the Christian believer when they're facing those things? Yes, I certainly agree that some people get so shattered they can't even go back to a church because sometimes we use our Christianese speak to them and that's not what they want to hear. And they say, oh, I don't want to go to the church. They're just judging me. They don't understand me. I know some people have uh, have gone through that, and it's really, really hard for them uh, with that. But I believe that also um, um, 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think. With my faith, though, I think because I was away in Africa, um, I knew that I couldn't just let it go. I had to really grasp hold of how God could pull me through. So um, my faith helped me, and in actual fact, I got stronger. Um, and again, it may have to do with personality and things like that. I, I suppose from a very early age, I learned to pull myself up, and so that's helped me. But it was certainly... Um, uh, my faith got me closer to God, but I know for others it's the opposite. But it, with time, give it time and healing will occur. Wonderful to hear these sorts of comments because sometimes we think that as Christian believers we might face some traumatic experience and that will shatter our faith. But to hear you reflecting there, Vivian, saying you actually got stronger in all of that. And it comes back to, I suspect, uh, this Christian faith that we hold as believers, the indwelling presence of God in our lives. If we're going to have a Christian faith and those things do come to us, traumatic experiences, the idea of an accelerated recovery because of faith might be something it'd be good to explore because As we talk about being Christian, having faith in God, we're talking about actually a strength beyond ourselves, not a weakness, but a strength. What are your thoughts for accelerated recovery if you're feeling like you are under this weight of pressure right now? Well, I think I was really blessed in the fact that after I left Ethiopia during the famine, I was there for a whole year. um, Things happened to me that I didn't realize until I got to YWAM in Kenya. And it was in YWAM in Kenya that I had these um, wonderful revelations that, man, I needed to forgive some people. <laughs> and I think if you carry unforgiveness in your life, it, it, that's what when you sleep at night time, they're the things that churn through your head. You know, oh, this incident, da, 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 what's happening to me? But as soon as you learn how to say, well, look, I want to forgive those persons, Jesus can help you forgive those people, that that's when the healing starts. So I thought that was something amazing. And the other thing, too, was I had an amazing revelation that um, Jesus loved me and through a vision, actually, and uh, in YWAM. And uh, so I think that's it. Is If you don't love yourself, you don't know who you are, then you're really mixed up and confused. So I was accelerated by going to YWAM for three and a half years. I was with them, and uh, I, I'll never forget that uh, wonderful experience to, to um, be able to do that. Let's take one more call. Arlene is on the line from the Gold Coast in Queensland. Hello, Arlene. Welcome. Oh, good morning. Hello. It's nice to join the conversation. Arlene, need uh, to be quick, so but much. what are your thoughts? Look, I just wanted to just add uh, my brief thoughts on that is that um, I have actually gone through some trauma um, counselling in my life um, over many, many years. And I just wanted to just add to the conversation that... Um, you know, there are times when, especially I think when we're reaching out in faith and asking God to meet us where we are, that um, he does uh, lead us to uh, wise counsel, whether that be um, secular counsel or whether it be Christian counsel. And, uh, and and I just do believe that there is an accelerated healing when we partner with God. Uh, there's a, a deeper healing that, 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 that takes place, but there is also like a process and although I have uh, experienced myself, um, uh, I, th- I thank God for, for times when I've had, um, you know, qu- very quick healing for something that has been troubling me or something that's been reoccurring or uh, just so- sort of continually coming up from t- in my life. Um, there's other times when I've needed to go deeper 
with prayer and counselling uh, to sort of unravel what's at the heart of what's happening. And I just wanted to encourage listeners that um, there are there are obviously times when God does heal us quickly, and it seems to be a, a, a very quick process. But there are other times when it's a slower process, and that's okay too, because as we mature um, in God, um, He is doing a deeper work in our heart about understanding. Uh, our, ourselves and wanting to take a step with him in our maturity. So, whether it's 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 a time of a quick healing, or whether it whether it's going to be a longer process, uh, understanding that God loves us, He knows what is best for us, and that uh, He is walking it through with us. That. He's bringing about his good purposes in our lives. Arlene, wonderful to hear from you. And uh, it's a great thing that you've uh, just relayed. Uh, Sometimes a quick recovery. Sometimes it's a process. And we are running short of time. Uh, A quick, very quick uh, thought from you on that one, Vivian. Yes, I think what you're sharing is very good. Now, one of the things where God is such a good God is that he gives you things like uh, the daily devotion might just speak into your heart and word for today and every day with Jesus, these amazing devotions, it just so shows you how much God is thinking of you as an individual because that word, that day, is just what you need to hear. So I highly recommend daily devotions. And so in the process of recovery, if you've been through something traumatic, and of course all of these things that we've been talking about, uh, get into a routine where you allow God access to your heart. And that's through that daily devotion and uh, really, really important. Vivian Wilson is our guest. We are running out of time. Vivian, I do want to just mention where people can get a hold of your book. Your book is called Overcoming Trauma. It's a true story of your own experience in war zones and after genocide, helping those who've struggled with addictions and abuse. We didn't get a lot today into your uh, helping to establish the Teen Challenge Centralia, and it would have been great to have uh, really unpacked that today because you've had some wonderful experiences in being involved with people who've gone through real challenges there in Central Australia. But for getting a hold of your book, uh, you can get a hold of the book at Coorong. Uh, You can simply go online. You can you can uh, type in Overcoming Trauma on Google and you'll come up with uh, Vivian Wilson's book. It's published by Ark House Press and uh, you'll be able to get a hold of it simply going online. Uh, how are things going with your book so far, Vivian? Um, yeah, I think um, that some people are getting something out of it, which is great. But there is a website on the back too, www.vivianwilson, and that's V-I-V-I-E-N-W-I-L-S-O-N.com. And that's my web page, and uh, that could give you some more information as well. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, a book that maybe not everyone wants to read, but uh, you may know somebody that's going through a lot of stuff and it may help them. So, um, yeah. I can tell you it's an inspirational read. And there's two other books that I mentioned that we have uh, done some interviews in previous years. Uh, The first one was called A Full Life and the second one Called to the Centre. And this new one is called Overcoming Trauma, Vivian Wilson. And you should go to that website, vivianwilson.com. Vivian, wonderful to get your insights today. Thank you so much for taking some time to share those with listeners on 2020. Thank you very much too, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.